This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 11th, episode 2909, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. And just like that, a new champion was crowned. The FEI Dressage World Cup Final of Leipzig 2022 has made history. Jessica Von Bredo Vandal and TSF Delera BB finally add an FEI Dressage World Cup Final Champion title to their long list of accolades with 90.836%, making history the pair are the very first German athletes to win on home soil ever. Catherine Dufour. Now, isn't that surprising? Woo! You would think that the Germans would have won on home soil for the World Cup before, but they have not. And the interesting story... So I have some World Cup news for you this morning. Uh, of course, Jessica won the Olympic medal and the European gold medal last summer. So Phoenix. Yeah. So she's doing pretty well. Uh, but by the way, she's six months pregnant. She's right. She's now. a beast. <laughs> so I guess she didn't listen to her doctor about not riding when pregnant. Uh, and goes on to win the world cup. So there you go. Uh, she kind of rules dressage right now in driving one of the tightest, fi- tightest finals in recent history. Bram Chardin, who wins every year or, 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 let me start that over. Three, two, one. In driving one of the tightest finals in recent history, Bram Chardin uh, actually held his nerves and clinched his second FEI driving World Cup title. And he did that over Boyd XL, who has won it like 10 times. So he was very excited. Bram's been on our show many times on the driving show and is a friend of Wendy's. So congratulations to him. We're very happy for him. And in jumping, McLean Ward was winning with Contagion. He held the lead to the final day. And remember, with jumping, they have a series of, of different jumps that they do off of, over a period of days, and it all adds up. Mm-hmm. Well, he had no leeway going into his final round. And, of course, he was leading, so he was the last rider. And any mistake would have cost him. And he was riding his horse, Contagious, a 13-year-old gelding. And they took the middle element of a triple combination down oh. and also a white plank, three fences from home, which led Martin Fuchs. As the winner. So he won. Uh, he was a, out of Switzerland. He ended up winning the big day and becoming only the fourth Swiss, ride, Swiss rider in the long history of FEI Jumping World Cup to win a trophy. So we lost it in the last final round. With poor oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know. He must have been devastated. Because, I mean, you go through like five rounds to get to that point. And then your last ride... Oh, the nerves, it must it must just be so nerve-wracking. When you're the last rider, it, it determines what happens. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough. So anyway, congratulations to all the winners at the World Cup. And uh, I get, uh, uh, Jessica did say that she's going to be stopping riding now. Oh, I guess that she got a 90, almost a 91, and won the World Cup. She could stop riding now, go have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
On today's show, we got an interesting show for you today. It's a little more serious than usual, but we have Marty Irby on, Executive Director of the Animal Wellness Action Group. But he's, it's exciting stuff, not just like all bad stuff. It's all it's awesome stuff. Yeah, for change, we've had him on through a lot of bad stuff where not good things are happening. And today we get to have him on when good things happen. So he joins us with an update from the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act and the Horse Protection Act. Plus, we get caught up on Jamie's vacation. You know, she went to Hawaii and uh, actually had a horse adventure. <laughs> so we'll talk about <laughs> I did. Yeah. And then we got some questions. First world problems. Apparently, you people still have problems. So we're going to be covering <laughs> all of that today on the show. And it's good to be back. Well, happy birthday is the auditor Patricia Fay, Caitlin Drozowski, uh, TJ Egg, and Drozowski. And uh, our friend, host of the Horsemanship Radio Show, Debbie Laux, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit, and regular visitor to our show, Jill Stanford. It's all of their birthdays, and I apologize to all the people's birthdays that I missed last week. Also, we have a brand new auditor, Alicia Court, and uh, thank you, Alicia, for joining us. We really appreciate you becoming an auditor. And now your first Daily Winnie in a Week. And it's because of that, I'm going to give it to you, Glenn. Oh. Daily Winnie, and I'll tell you why. There's a couple reasons. Uh, First of all, I, I decided— I very rarely get a Daily Winnie. I'm going to enjoy this. This might actually be a first, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the Friday before last, the last show I was on, I said, hey, I'm going to go on vacation <clears throat> on Monday. So, are we cool? <laughs> And I said it on the air, so you had to say you yeah, were cool. It's like it's like breaking say? it's like breaking up with somebody <laughs> in a very public place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you you know you were very sweet, and you said, yeah, obviously go to have a thing. And then we get back, and I I finally sit down this morning, and the shipping company calls me, and I need to go ship a horse that got adopted. And like of all the times that they can come, it's right when I sit down, they're like, we're here. I was like, what? So then I was able to run down, get the horse loaded up on the trailer. Turned out I had to give some banamine to another horse that was already on their trailer and all this stuff happened. And Glenn, you're just so super cool about all of it. I work for the greatest. Well, I work with the 12 greatest years person. working with you. I've gotten kind of used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've abused you for a long right. time. I'm but just this worn was, down. I'm but old. we're having to do this a little backwards. <laughs> this episode is still going to be a couple minutes late. So just wanted to uh, thank you for all of your but flexibility. But you know, that's the nice thing about not doing it live anymore, right? Is we can yeah. get away with changing things up and I don't fret so much. <laughs> doing it that's live true. added its own sense of uh, stress that we didn't need. <laughs> Just so you guys know, we do record it like all in a row, but we can stop for the shipping company. Bob Hubbard's yeah. <laughs> here. Bob Hubbard's here. I go. <laughs> we record it as live, I always say. We record it as yes. live. Yep. Well, you... Cuts are for chumps, I like to say. <laughs> you went to Hawaii and uh, had a little vacation. You, you get all of those free flights thanks to your husband, which helps. Um, but you get there, and then all of a sudden, I see you're having a horse adventure in Hawaii, which wasn't planned. So I got to give you a little backstory here. My husband and I got in a huge row uh, a couple months ago. 
a row be in a fight uh, where there was a dog on the side of the road. And oh, I was like, right. pull over. And he didn't pull over and I lost my mind. And so like we have, we have discussed, we don't break for intact giant male pit bulls, but that's it. The rest of them stop in the car. And so this has been implanted into his brain. Nay, burned into his brain. <laughs> you better pull over. So we're driving up to uh, go on a hike, the Black Sand Beach. By the way, we flew to Hawaii and, and then we were only there three days and flew home. Those are very long flights for not a lot of time. So next time I'm staying longer. But we fly all the way there. It's like our first day. We're like, yeah, let's go to the Black Sand Beach and go hiking. We get in the car and we're driving. It's about 45, 50 minutes. And we get about 40 minutes in. And I see we're driving and I see this horse come galloping across the road and like go uh, on the side. I was like, well, well, that no pull over. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and what does he do? Arr! Like immediately pulls over. Now I go pop the trunk. I'm, I'm in a rental car, but in my trunk, I have lead ropes <laughs> at all times. There's three. So I'm like, pop in the trunk. Oh, crap. I don't have a lead rope. Okay. Give oh, so me the my horse purse. did not have a rider. No, there's nothing on oh, this horse. Gotcha. He is. She is loose completely horse. loose. So I say, give me my purse. And he has, he's like, what do you need your purse for? And I take the strap, strap off, off my purse. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and the got buckle. her belt <laughs> off and tied the two together. I didn't have a belt. I was wearing <laughs> a bathing suit and a t-shirt. Oh. Okay. So like. There's not, I did have some shoes on. Oh, no, I didn't, but I threw them on real quick. I jump out of the car and I go to get the, at this point, I see a rider come cantering up the side of the road as well. And she's like, and I was like, ah, you need some help. She was like, are you a horse person? And I said, yeah, yeah, I am a horse person. So she's like, yeah, if you can help me. Well, this it was a chestnut mare. You, by the way. I know, right? It was so <laughs> awesome. So we get the horse off the road, and I have Chad pull his car up. So it's like up up the hill, like off the road. But she she's on a horse, and she's like kind of cutting it to keep it up there. And I'm and she had a lead rope, so I took her lead rope, and I went up to get the horse. That horse was having none of me. I mean, it was like. Did it have a halter on? No halter? No, nothing. And she was like, hop up. I think would dip away just as I was get close enough. And this lady was like, here, let me try. She goes, did you ride? Yes. She goes, hop on my horse and you cut it if it needs to, if it tries to go back to the road. I was like, I'm on it. And then I hop on this ginormous, like, it was like Duke. (laughs) With shorts and sandals, right? No no shorts. No. (laughs) That was a one-piece bathing suit and a t-shirt. Fortunately, it wasn't wet. I was dry. So I hop on this horse and uh, I had to like help maneuver a little bit. She goes up to the horse and the horse is like, oh, dang, it's mom, you know, and, and is caught. <laughs> so um, I didn't get to ride super long, but I did get to get on the horse. You and did of course, practice some of your cutting skills, though. Yeah. And I was like, Chad, take pictures. He's <laughs> like, like, I felt like the biggest idiot. Y'all are wrangling the loose horse. Here I am, like in my bathing suit, taking pictures. <laughs> Lucas so, is over there cheerleading. Go, mom. <laughs> I'm in the car on his iPad. He's like, what you do? I was like, dude, I just caught a horse. He's like, oh, okay. He so doesn't <laughs> care about anything I do with horses. Um, so we ended up catching the horse. And of course, the halt, the, the lady had a halter underneath her bridle on the horse I was riding. So I hopped off. 
I took the bridle off, then took the halter off, gave her the halter, then put the bridle back on the horse, and we got everybody home safe <laughs> and sound. Of all the people to show up, she was lucky you did. <laughs> That's what Chad said. He goes, she didn't know who she got. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't care. It was just fun. Like, I mean, it was exciting. I'm glad nobody nowhere. got hurt. Did, are there a lot of horses in that area you were at? In this area, apparently. She said, because I'm like interviewing her at this point, yeah. and I was like, uh, so, so how you, you lived here your whole life. She was like, no, I just moved back like a couple years ago. This was her parents' sugarcane plantation and they've sold off so much. She has eight acres that she like, inherited from her parents. And so she lives there with a couple horses and apparently one naughty mare who snuck out the gate as she was going out you know, to go for a ride. Um, but she lives there by herself and has two horses and eight acres. And this is the most beautiful place on the planet. I mean, the, the, as you're getting up to like, she was telling me that the North, that the big Island of Hawaii and in the world, there are 11 ecosystems that are represented in the entire world. There are eight of those on the big Island. So when we left from like lava and we drove up, we went through like a four, we were in a jungle at this point when you're on the North Island and it was just, it's just spectacular. It's just amazing. So it's like a, like a rainforest by the time we got to the, to the North part. But she was saying that, that there's 11, there's eight ecosystems on this whole place. And she's like, it'll start raining in about five minutes. And <laughs> it's like Florida, then it'll be done. And then it's going to be hot. And then they're going to have a drought. You know, like, it's just really interesting to talk to somebody who is local, you know. Um, but it was really fun. And we saved the horse. And it was, it was awesome. Yay. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Can you imagine how expensive it must be to keep horses there? Well, she's got her own place, but she has a tree. She's like, I have a trainer up the road. And, and, and I didn't even want to ask how much hay was, but the grass was like two luscious. meters tall, yeah. you know, <laughs> we luscious. need to talk to somebody in Hawaii soon. We really do. We haven't we have done a listener that. who lives actually in this area, an auditor. So we need to, we need she, to get, she yeah. sent me a message. We need to get like, her on. Cause we haven't talked to anybody in Hawaii in a long time, if ever. I know. So, yeah. I mean, how Let's much is it there? Do they even have to feed hay there? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> How's it all work? Yeah. It was, it was really fun. And, and the, I think my favorite part of the whole thing is when I said, give me my purse. Why the hell do you need your purse? <laughs> All right, it is National Pet Day, actually. It's, uh, this day was first proposed in the year 2006 by Colleen Page, who was a renowned animal welfare oh. advocate and lifestyle expert. And apparently she must have had some clout because it's now National Pet Day. So enjoy your pets today. You know, Yay. I enjoyed my pet over the weekend. I got to ground drive my pony for the first time in four months. Why? What's taking so long? Oh, you've been my sick. Arm. Yeah, my arm was had the blood clot and swelled up and was painful. And finally, in the last week and a half, the pain started to go away. So oh, it was actually, good. I don't know why, but it's going away. Maybe that means the blood clot's going away. I don't know. But I was able to finally use it. And I had my surgery before that. So it's been four months. And Jennifer has been ground driving them a bit. But this is the first time I ground drive them at the new, at the new boarding stable. So I ground drive them all around, and it was the first time that we've driven him into the woods on the trails where we're going to be taking the cart. And he he was a perfect angel. He didn't not Aww. one step wrong, nothing. He didn't spook, and it was windy. It was like forty mile an hour winds that day. The winds, the trees were blowing, and you know stuff blowing around in the woods. And he didn't care. So uh, so I think I'll be getting the cart out this week for the first time in a long time and uh, taking Yay. it out of the cart. Now everybody at the boarding stable is petrified. 
I was going to ask you, so how are they just, because my horses have always been scared of minis, you know, most horses are. So are they scared the of cart. him being, oh, they're scared the of the cart. cart. That's what they, they love the pony. Everybody loves Scooter. Matter of fact, I think he's getting fatter because they're all feeding him treats. Um, so they all think he's cute as heck, but they're really terrified that I'm going to take the cart out and freak their horses out. So what about their horses? Are their horses scared of him? Uh, no, I mean, no, they're not scared of him, but they've never seen him with the cart attached. <laughs> so, so we're going to have to play that uh, carefully. Uh, when we Just take have them. The so, so be holding the cart, have them lead their horse around the cart in circles, both directions, like introducing a ditch and then <laughs> have them turn <laughs> That's how around, you have go to do the it. other way. And, and then, yeah, have them follow the cart, <clears throat> and the, following something that they're afraid it's, of is a big boost because they, I think, in their brain they think they're chasing it. You know, <laughs> it's always the people that have more trouble when we come across them on the trails than the horses. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're, they're the ones freaking out. Their horses are fine. So when we come across other horses on the trails, we stop and we let them do go by. You know, we always stop and we let them go by because you know, and it's usually them freaking out. You know, the horses are just went uh. You know, so so I had a friend who was a mountain bike rider and anytime he was on a trail with a horse, he would pull over and stop. And he said that 90 percent of the time somebody said something really nasty to him, even though he stopped well, and moved over. And you know what? And so what I told him to here's what I told him to tell him when they go, bike. I said, tell him, train your horse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We come across there. There are mixed trails all through the Greenlands Greenway. So there are bikers and mountain bikers, and some stop, some go flying by, and so the horses have gotten used to bikes because they see them all the time in the woods. Uh, so you know, I, we don't have too much trouble with the bikes. But yes, a horse people are rude to the bikers, and bikers are rude to the horse people. It's become a thing <laughs> now to battle that out. I don't know. Hey, one other thing before we get to Marty is the movements coming up, and there's still some tickets left, a few, and we want to encourage you. I saw that a couple of auditors signed up again last week. So we want to encourage you to come out and hang out with us. Doctor. Oh my God, you guys have to come. This is going to be so awesome. You get to spend three days at Monty's place with Monty and like hang out with Glenn and Jen well, and Dr. Wendy and Alina and me, I guess, but whatever. It's going to be so, I'm so excited. It's, it's probably so the fun. most hosts that have been together in a long time. So we, and, and you guys have been bugging me for years to do something on land that involved horses. That wasn't a cruise. So here you go. Here's yep. your chance, right? West coast. Prove, prove Jamie correct that people will come out for land-based things too. So yeah. where you go yeah. to moneyroberts.com and you click on the movement banner. It's movement 2022. It's in June. Uh, and you're going to come out and have three incredible days, two, two or three, your choice. Incredible days. You can spend it uh, learning. You're going to see Jamie do her thing. She'll be in the round pen, uh, uh, you know, training horses, doing her thing. As I'll well be as in the gentling pen with Monty, training wild horses. And then on Sunday, I get to do private lessons for people, which I think are sold out. And, and oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm cool. sold out or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but everybody can watch. It doesn't matter, you know. We're all just going to hang out and get to know each other. I'm so excited. And we have a dinner. We have a party one night with Templeton Thompson's going to be doing a concert. Yeah, she's doing a concert. Ad flag is up. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, and just for us. I mean, so this is pretty exclusive yeah. stuff. And if you've never been to Flag is Up Farm in California, it's absolutely beautiful. So you're, you're going to want to see that area anyway. So come on out and join if us. If you're a huge Michael Jackson fan, his Never Neverland is like 20, 15-minute drive. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, you Did can they do see tours the of that? 
No, you can, but you can go stand in front of his gate and take pictures. <laughs> That's what I did. Moneyroberts.com, moneyrobertshop.com, either one. You'll find all the information. Sign up today and join us in June. We want to meet as many of you as we can. I think Oprah lives around there. Let's see. Uh, yeah, like all the people. Well, something that's around here is the World Equestrian Center here in Ocala. They have many non-horse events all the time, but they also do a ton of horse stuff. When you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over 10 restaurants, you can have a variety of shows. And coming up just this month, this weekend is a CDI three-star dressage and Grand Prix. Thursday night is the Grand Prix, and Friday night's the freestyle. And all of them are free. I think we're actually going to go out for the freestyle on Friday night, because this is all the big riders. Uh, Also, the National Collegiate Equestrian Association National Championships happen at the same time this weekend, in addition to... What's called the WEC Sudden Impulse, which is an AQHA NSBA show, April 20th through the 30th. And they have thousands of horses that come in for that Western show. Plus, we're looking forward to the festival, uh, Festivals of Speed, Exotic Car Show, and the Kentucky Derby Party the first weekend in May. So this is a happening place. A lot's going on. If you're ever driving past Ocala on Route 75 on your way to Orlando or Southern Florida, it's a must-see. It's 10 minutes off the highway. Come over and visit the World Equestrian Center, eat at one of the many restaurants, and just walk around to take it all in. There's always something happening there. That's WEC.com, WorldEquestrianCenter.com. Go see Sergeant Reckless. And go see Sergeant Sergeant Reckless. Get your picture with the the statue. Everybody that comes to World Equestrian Center gets their picture with the statue. They need to get the Secretariat, too. Yes, they do. That'd be awesome. They do. And then that giraffe, which he just did, that would be cool. <laughs> so it's worldequestriancenter.com. And next up is Marty Irby, our friend, executive director of Animal Wellness Action. And he is the one that we've had on over the years talking about uh, trying to make horse sports safer, less weird and nasty over the years and he's He's the he's the animal's voice in washington dc he is and we're going to talk to him about what's been going on with the uh, horse racing integrity and safety act and also what's happening with the soaring in uh, in the south well hey marty thank you so much for joining us today well glenn it's so great to be here with you and jamie as always i really appreciate the opportunity well, I wanted to talk to you about a couple things today. One was the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act, because there was some news about that. But first, can you tell us what the act does? Yes. Well, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act was signed into law in December of 2020. We worked for about six years to get the measure enacted, and it actually had a little bit of a delay in the time that it uh, will take effect. So it will take effect on July the 1st of 2022. And it very simply first banned the use of all race day medication in thoroughbred racing in the United States with an opt-in clause for harness racing and quarter horse racing. And then second, it went further to establish a uniform national standard and set of rules and regulations to be overseen by the new horse racing integrity and safety authority that the legislation created with um, the intent that USADA, the U.S. anti-doping agency that oversees the Olympics, uh, caught Lance Armstrong, would be the enforcement and testing arm. So USADA would uh, do the testing and enforce the rules and regulations with some light oversight by the FTC or Federal Trade Commission. 
So this brings wow. this basically the big makes boys involved. Yeah, this basically makes national what what the states you know some of the states were trying to do individually. This nationalizes it. That's right. Absolutely. You basically would take the equivalent of the highest standards in the country and and make them even better, and then nationalize it. And that's what we're looking at here. Does it include Lasix for day of? It does include Lasix. So they will no longer be able to use Lasix at any track within um, a 24-hour period of the race anywhere in the United States. Oh, my God. Can I ask a question? Okay, so one of the cocktails that has been brought to my attention here is the combination of Lasix and albuterol. Is that something that will go away? Yes, it would. In any variation of the use of Lasix or any therapeutic or performance-enhancing drug would no longer be able to be used at any of the racing jurisdictions, at any of the races in the country. And so, you know, there will be very, very stringent drug testing. And so much of what has been allowed in the past from state to state will no longer be allowed. There were, you know, 38 basic, basically 38 different racing jurisdictions I think one may have lost its last track in the past few years in Washington State or Oregon. But um, anyway, the, all of these racist jurisdictions had different rules and regulations. Some allowed drugs, some allowed uh, different types of drugs, some allowed Lasix at different races, some didn't allow Lasix based on the standards that we've seen come up in the past few years. And this creates one blanket uniform standard all the way across the board. So if you're caught with drugs in your system on that test, that uh, shows they were within 24 hours of the race, then you're going to be in trouble. So let me, sorry, Glenn. So for those who don't know what Lasix does is Lasix is a diuretic. And so horses were coming up with broken capillaries in their lungs because they're breathing so hard. And what they realize is giving them Lasix will keep them from busting those blood vessels and having bloody noses when they were done. So they started giving, like I remember growing up when I was galloping racehorses, you'd have one or two horses on Lasix and there'd be an L next to their name. Well, now every horse is on Lasix because they've realized it is a bit of a performance enhancing drug. So now every horse has it. What happens to those horses that are actually bleeders? Are there going to be like, are those horses going to be allowed? Or is it just like, no. Well, first of all, you know, my personal opinion and the position of our organization, Animal Wellness Action, is that if there are horses that are being run so hard that they're bleeding, they shouldn't be being run at all. Amen, brother. You know, I mean, there's just no cause for that for any reason. Um, There are uh, some new regulations that were just actually finalized about a week or so ago and released from the FTC that would address some of what's being implemented. I haven't actually read the new regulations yet, but um, there will be uh, some regulation addressing the bleeding beyond Lasix. I just don't know that those were developed in the first batch. There are going to be several batches of regulations that come out. And, you know, one thing that I think most people recognize now and has been widely accepted is that not only does Lasix uh, prevent horses from bleeding, but it can have some long-term effects on horses as it relates to skeletal structure and the density of the bones because, as you said, it's a diuretic. It causes horses to lose water weight right before they race. They urinate the water off, which makes them run faster as well. And then that 
actually causes the deterioration of the skeletal structure over time where the bones dehydrate. They adapt, uh, they develop, uh, in many instances, um, fractures and micro fractures. And then that's when you see these trainers using pain masking agents or other agents to cover up what they have going on there. And they're running unsound horses on the track. And ultimately, many of those are the horses you see that break a leg on the track and have to be put down or what they call a breakdown. So it's, it's sort of a race to the bottom when you're talking about these drugs. Mm-hmm. One drug leads to another, and we believe that, you know, no drugs is the best answer. And if you have a horse that requires drugs, then he shouldn't be racing. He or she shouldn't be racing, and the horse should be taken care of. And when they're healthy and they're healed up and they're ready to go, then they should be racing. Oh my God. I wish I could hug you right now. I'm so excited. (laughs) Marty, I have trained at this point, 96 horses have come to me off the track at this point. And I am like, my mind is blown because I see these micro injuries that pop up that, that they may not present themselves when they're on the track, but you know, the horse is five years old and it's got giant oscillates and it's ankles and it's got all these issues that this is so, I, I've just said it for so long. I'm like, why does anybody give horses anything? And you guys took right, that and right. ran with it. And I'm just so excited. You listened to Jamie. It was- <laughs> I have goosebumps. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard it on this show either. I may have to take that one. Out. <laughs> All right, let's move on because we have a lot to cover. So, the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act. Of course, there were industry uh, people who didn't like that and took it to court. Tell us what happened in Texas. Well, a federal court judge in Lubbock, Texas, Friday a week ago, just about ten days ago. Uh, basically threw out the lawsuit that had been filed uh, by the HBPA, that's Eric Hamelback and you know, the sort of group of trainers in thoroughbred racing that have been rogue and been fighting against the legislation since the day it was first introduced. And so that judge threw the lawsuit out, basically said it's a frivolous lawsuit, and, and that ultimately has, uh, at least in the interim, upheld the constitutionality of the law, there is a second lawsuit pending uh, brought by some other folks in Kentucky. I feel that we'll see the same result there, but that has not been officially addressed yet. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, as I said in our statement following the judge's decision, we spent six years on this in Congress. Some of the most brilliant legal minds in Congress, the animal protection world, and the horse racing industry, particularly Bill Lear, who's the vice chairman of the Jockey Club a brilliant, brilliant attorney who knows this stuff backwards and forwards in his sleep, spent a lot of time vetting this bill, writing the bill, and making sure that constitutional concerns were addressed. So we have no doubt that it's well within the confines of the U.S. Constitution and the Commerce Clause, and that these challenges are just a way to distract and try to derail it and will end up as very, very unsuccessful attempts across the board. All right, so it goes into effect in July, right? Uh, right. You like at this her. point. All right, good. Let's so move on. What is going to happen to people like Bob Baffert? Well, that's the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so Bob Baffert, you know, obviously he's been suspended with a bunch of states and things before. How important was that, that the states actually followed through on the Bob Baffert suspens- suspensions? Well, I think it's tremendously important. You know, Kentucky made their decision. Um, they ruled that he should have a 90-day suspension. And there are a lot of different nuts and bolts in this thing I, I won't get into the details on. But at the end of the day, 
Um, Kentucky suspended Baffert. He went through three appeals. He lost all three appeals. Uh, one was in the commission, uh, the next stage to the actual courts, and then on further to the Kentucky appellate court. And Baffert officially started his suspension last Monday, a week ago today. California followed suit and offered reciprocity, uh, barring Baffert from Santa Anita, which is his home track in California. His signs were physically removed. His horses that he uh, had there at the time were removed. I think some went to another trainer and stayed there on the track. And then uh, New York followed as well. And what's significant about that is that New York obviously represents the Belmont Stakes in the third leg of the Triple Crown. But we had not heard anything from Maryland. And while it's widely known that reciprocity is offered from state to state, the general betting public doesn't necessarily know that. And so we uh, sent a letter on Friday to the Maryland Racing Commission, and I got a uh, response back this morning from the executive director, J. Michael Hopkins, saying that Baffert is officially on suspension in Maryland. So I'm actually going to be sending a press release out in about 30 minutes after we uh, are done talking. Well, hearing and, uh, you here sir, first, was the public, So you're the first to know. You're the first, <laughs> Yay! News. I did read, too, that he's suspended from the Derby for the next two years. That's, I, I think that's still a little bit up in the air. So that suspension is a little different because Churchill Downs, the actual entity that owns and operates the Derby, suspended him for two years. I think Naira, the New York Racing Association, their counterpart in New York, did the same. He has filed lawsuits against Churchill and Naira uh, in that regard to try to stop those suspensions. But I did see that uh, Baffert withdrew one of the two complaints uh, last week after the final ruling on Kentucky. So hopefully all of that sticks. Um, You know, I think most of the lawyers I've talked to have said, look, those are private properties. They have the discretion to allow who they want to allow and who they don't want to allow, like any sporting event. And um, I think his challenges are going to fail there as well. But there is still some question to that. And uh, all of these smart lawyers that are much better at this than me are going to have to work through that one. God, that guy could have been the biggest hero in like the world for horse racing for eternity. And he is. But that's what happens when you cheat. I swear. I think we used to play songs on here and I want to play the song. Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. I can hear my head. (laughs) (laughs) So what else? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's just. It's bizarre that someone would push the envelope that far, push the line that far. But as Jamie, you and I know our good friend, Monty Roberts, we've talked about this before and he's known Bob Baffert a long time. This guy is going to do whatever it takes to win and he will snub his nose at the rules. And, uh, you know, I guess I'd say the chickens have come home to roost. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, it, We'll see what happens in the future after he's back to work again. So, right. But it, but at the very least, if nothing else, we have effectively prevented Bob Baffert from competing in any of the Triple Crown races in 2022, and he will not have a winner of any of the three. Good, good. Well, and again, an example needed to be set too, and that exactly. that was the right. perfect example, right? And he opened himself up for it. So there you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he did. All right, oh, real quick. Hates you, man, he hates you, doesn't he? He's probably got a voodoo doll, <laughs> yeah, Marty Irby. He does. He's sticking pins in Marty. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've never met him or spoken <laughs> with him, but I'm sure he's probably not fond of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, like in Reader's Digest form, because I want to get to something else. What else needs to happen in racing? What's next? Well, what we need is the proper implementation of the law that we discussed. Uh, what's up in the air right now is that the new Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Authority has not secured a contract with USADA that the law requires. There's some question as to whether or not they really um, you know, put in the effort and time that was required to negotiate a contract by the terms of what the law specified. But uh, they have a new executive director they just hired. I am talking with her on the 15th, and I think we'll, we'll find out a lot more then. Hopefully, she's trying to bring the new entity back to the table with USADA to work out a contract. They had veered off down a path of talking to the NFL and other sports about testing and doing something on their own, but that's not the intent of the law. And then once we see it take effect in July, Hopefully, we'll start seeing a lot more of these guys who are rigging the system and drugging horses taken down and really punished with meaningful fines and suspensions. And beyond thoroughbred racing, we're still working with the harness racing industry and to a much lesser degree, quarter horse industry to try to get those breeds to opt in and also come under the act. But it's not a requirement for them. And there's probably yes. a whole other episode we could talk well, about harness racing. I think we tried yeah. by the time it becomes a requirement for harness racing, harness racing might be gone. It's it's uh, on that way out anyway. Um, yeah, more and more tracks are closing, and it's it's un, uh, unfortunately going away. All right, let's switch gears totally for the last couple minutes here, and go to the omnibus appropriations bill, which Jamie and I talked about two weeks ago. First of all, there was one first one in five years. That's the bill that actually gives money to the government so they can continue operating. Uh, and they did a couple of things in there that were good. One was they gave more money for the Animal Cruelty uh, Crimes Unit and the Horse Protection Act to actually uh, enforce the soaring and test m- more at shows for soaring. You know, they gave a little bit more money. I, was it enough? Where are we at with all of that? Yeah, no, no, it was actually a lot more money. So you have to look at this uh, from 1970 to 2020, 50 years from the time the Horse Protection Act to end soaring was enacted. Uh, they never had more than $705,000 in that 50-year period in one year to enforce the Horse Protection Act. In 2020, we got $1 million, so it was up a little bit, like $300,000 a million. 20, uh, the, the next, sorry, I think that was 2021 because it's fiscal year to the next year. Um, for uh, fiscal year 2021, we got $2,009,000, so they more than doubled it. And then for this year, fiscal year 2022, we got $3,040,000. So we've more than tripled or almost tripled, rather, the amount that we've had in that entire 50-year span per year. And there will be, for FY22, 300000 of that funding allocated towards science-based objective uh, testing protocols like swabbing, blood testing, urine tests, things like that, that they haven't really done for x-raying the feet and things like that to see where they might detect soaring. So it's a huge game. The The biggest game we probably had to combat soaring in all of our efforts that we've been working on 
having that specific funding. And we have heard that the USDA has gone on and really cracked in, cracked down um, on the soaring folks in Tennessee, Alabama, and Kentucky over the past few months. Um, so we hope to see more of that. We're asking for four million for fiscal year twenty three with $500,000 of that to be allocated towards science-based objective testing. And I think we'll get pretty close to that. But we're very, very encouraged on the horse soaring front because that's just such a great resource that we never had before. On the animal cruelty crimes, there was some specific language directing the Department of Justice to crack down on many of these animal cruelty laws that include anti-cockfighting laws, but also the Horse Protection Act and other laws like the uh, Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture or PACT Act. That was the first anti-cruelty statute uh, in American history. We got signed into law in 2019. So we're really, really encouraged, had a lot of great wins there. And uh, I'll just have to say, I'm glad I don't have any children because the national debt is so high. Uh, I know I'm a little off subject there. Why not just add to it? (laughs) I I have the best idea though, Marty. (laughs) the best idea that I can come up with is to just, I don't know, end the big lick and we could take that $3,000 and put it back to our children's at $3 million and put it back into our children's education funds. Well, yes, if we did stop the big (sighs) lick, but we have to get the past act passed to do that. And unfortunately (laughs) I don't see that happening anytime in the next decade uh, because no matter what we do in the House of Representatives, the two Tennessee and Kentucky senators are going to block the measure. They're tied in deeply with the uh, coalition in Tennessee that's against the past act. And I think, you know, what's important is people always say to me, well, they'll be gone one day. And I'll say, you know, when we started this with the past act in 2012 or so, Senator Bob Corker and Senator Lamar Alexander were the Tennessee senators. Now it's Senator Marshall Blackburn and Senator Bill Haggerty. The position has not changed and it's not going to change if two more senators get elected. So um, we are where we are. And until we can convince groups like the Humane Society to come to the table and work with the industry um, and forge a compromise that we could get done, we're going to have to rely solely on this appropriations route and perhaps some other regulatory um, schemes as well. I well, wouldn't. you know, I figure nobody's going to be able to go to horse shows in Tennessee anyway because gas is $400 a gallon. So, I mean, you know, it's got to end. <laughs> yes, it is. it is. I would hate yeah. to be. My dad was a USDA inspector, and he worked in a, he worked uh, with chickens and eggs. And I, I know what kind of bribery they tried to do with him at the plant. I would hate to be an inspector that shows up in Tennessee with these old boys and having to enforce this and test for it and everything, oh my God, you got to have some guts. Yes, and you could, you could. <laughs> they they have threatened physical harm. Oh, I'm sure they have. <laughs> you know, there was one guy, not an inspector, but one owner, George Lee Lennox. There's an episode I'll send you guys a criminal uh, called the Big Lick, where he was actually murdered over this. So. It's, there's some rough folks in this crowd. Ugh. Well, you're lucky you got out of it, and you're lucky to be alive. Yeah, yeah. We don't know where you live, and we won't give that away, okay? Uh, <laughs> well, Marty, thanks for joining us, and thanks for all your hard work. It's paying off. Well, thank you both. I've enjoyed it, as always, and appreciate you so much, and uh, look forward to hearing this.
Well, from the bridal path to the training arena, you'll feel balanced and supported in the thoughtfully designed arena all-purpose saddle. Whether schooling on the flat, jumping a course, or simply riding on the trails, the beautiful arena all-purpose will keep you and your horse comfortable every step of the way. Every rider nurtures a unique and special connection with their horse, a connection that's built on trust. And for riders, it's their horse's welfare and comfort that comes first. As every horse regularly changes shape with their level of fitness, diet, maturity, when it comes to your saddle, it too should be able to adapt to meet the changing needs of your horse. Priced at $15.99, the Arena All-Purpose Saddle will be a great addition to your tack room. Visit arenasaddles.com to view the full range of saddles available and find a retailer near you. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. Yes, these are real sad tales of woe that our listeners have. Actually, there are auditors. So if you have sad, sad first world equestrian problems that you feel like you need to share, you need to be an auditor. That's where the party is. So uh, Glenn, tell them how they can do that. Just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner in the upper right-hand corner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can join the party and help support the network. All right. Well, we're we're going to start. I just want to remind everybody that if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first world equestrian problem. All right. The first one comes from Chelsea, and it's just three simple words that we all probably know. Horse show hangover. Yeah, I hate to go to a horse trial and you work so hard and you finally drive home and get home Sunday night and you're like, got to go to work Monday. Ugh. It's the worst. Uh, but again, first world. Uh, Samantha says, Equine Affair was so wonderful, but I think I talked to every single person there. I bet she did. She's very friendly. Yeah, she talks to everybody. Melanie said, I got a gorgeous new dressage coat yesterday, but I don't have any competitions on my schedule for like at least a month. <laughs> Girl, you can be walking around wearing that thing yeah, around your house. You should be wearing it to work. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart people <laughs> be like in sweatpants and a show coat. Uh, Lisa said, I just moved into the most fabulous rental house in Northern Virginia. It is three acres, a two horse barn and neighborhood trails. But horses haven't lived there since like 2017 and the pastures need some work. And I can't bring them home until I fix everything. And I just want to bring my horses home. <laughs> I kind of know about the moving, getting things ready thing. So I'm, I'm with you there, girl. I feel for you. I feel this one. I keep buying fancy saddle pads, says Chantel. <laughs> With all these gray horses, I'm like, this one looks good in red. This one looks good in turquoise. Oh, ridiculous. I keep buying fancy saddle pads, but I don't want to use them until I can give a thorough soapy bath. And it's been cold, rainy, and muddy, and it even snowed yesterday. And every time I walk into my tack room, I swear I see my newest matchy-matchy set mocking me. <laughs> She lives in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised they had snow this time of year. Uh, Jennifer says Willow's special. So she had a baby and the baby wasn't able to stay with the mother. So she's having to like bottle raise and not bottle. I think bucket raise a foal. And her name is Willow. And she says Willow's special milk replacer is always unlimited supply on Amazon. So I panicked and bought every bag. And I plus I set up auto delivery at Big D's and my garage is now full of giant bags of white powder and my delivery drivers hate me now. <laughs> How long says, does that stuff keep? I don't know, but 
Baby's drinking a lot. Gotta have six months at least, I guess. Carrie said, my last horse was black and my new horse is chestnut. And the orange saddle pad I ordered months ago for my black horse just arrived and it looks horrible on my chestnut. You cannot put orange on a chestnut. <laughs> just ridiculous. You might as well no. put that with or, some dye. Or red. <laughs> turn it black. Every once in a while, a red will look okay on it's a chestnut. It's gotta be like a I don't know, burgundy almost. All it can't be is orange. Yeah, it can't is, be orange. No. Look like a giant carrot. <laughs> um, Anna said, I'm getting tan already from my days in the barn, except only my face from my chin to below my winter hat and half of my hands because everything is still covered in winter gear. <laughs> I just saw somebody in Hawaii who was walking around that must not have, I was bald and must not have worn a lick of sunscreen their entire life, but wore sunglasses Oh no! <laughs> and had these white stripes from, you know, with the corner of his eyes to his ears. And we were in a restaurant. And so it's like, it looked like he had flashlights as eyeballs. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, and it could be worse. Um, Summer said the one day I got to go see the world equestrian center was cold and raining. So the only horse we saw was Sergeant Reckless, which, by the way, it was awesome. And we shopped a ton and they had lots of autumn treats at the Pat's Patsidieri. The, the, the paste. Yeah. However you say that in French. It's the French pastry place. And let me tell you what they're really good. And she said, I can't wait for next time. And thanks for mentioning the title sponsor of today's yes, show. Thank you for that. Um. Chantel said, I wanted to start trailering to a local state park for weekend trail rides next weekend, but it's supposed to be a blizzard by this week, so the trails won't be dry by this weekend. And by the way, I'm in North Dakota. We get a late blizzard most years. Okay. Why well, would you live that. there? <laughs> you met her, too, when you were up there, didn't I you? I did, yeah. and she's delightful. I just really, I mean, I, but I'm like, I just want to hug her. And, like, she had a, a daughter. And I was like, just get in my car. I'll drive you south. <laughs> can save you um <laughs> said i went to a hoof trimming class over the weekend and i loved it now you say that now until you stand up till your back is <laughs> now i want to do more but i have to work to make money for the next class but i don't want to go to work because i like want to do hoof care in a class <laughs> <laughs> flossie said i want to oh <laughs> that's funny I really want to put down a first world problem for Jamie to read, but my life is like so good. I don't have any problems. Oh my God. Everybody hates her now. <laughs> uh, uh, we're happy for you, we, Flossie. We really are. <clears throat> yeah, we're thrilled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alyssa said we had an absolutely wonderful first show this weekend, but now I have to unpack the trailer and reorganize the explosion of horse stuff in my basement. <laughs> It's true. Like when you pack, you put everything in this one particular location and it's all organized. And then when I would pack to go home, just throw it in there. See if it'll fit. Okay. Try that in a camper on a five week adventure. When you start out, everything's nice and neat and all your clothes, but everything's oh, yeah. in its spot. When we got home, it was just all thrown on the bed. <laughs> you open the door and yes. things just pour Fall out. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, a couple more. Summer said one day. Oh, I already did that one. Uh, Nicole, here's the last two. Nicole, I love you. After hearing about Muscovy ducks on my favorite horse <laughs> podcast, I Which had to go get some. 
That would be that would be this one. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you don't remember, but I have Muscovy ducks, and I talked about how literally with just two, I had no mosquitoes on my whole property last year. So now I have more. Um, <laughs> Forty-five ducks. <laughs> listen, it's don't judge me. They're all going like to starve to death because there's not going to be enough mosquito larvae <laughs> to feed them. <laughs> oh no, my Muscovy ducks come up every morning for breakfast when I'm feeding the chickens. Uh, They're like, gotcha. we want some too. Yeah. Gotcha. After hearing about Muscovy Ducks on my favorite horse podcast, I had to get some for mosquito control. But now I spend all my time distracted by how cute they are, and I have less time with my horse. And she included photos with their names. Let me just introduce you to Graham Quacker, (laughs) Trisket Quacker, Saltine Quacker, and Ritz Quacker. That's brilliant. That is <laughs> so brilliant. Hard to say. Give her credit for that. Uh, that was the last one. There you go. Thank you, everybody, for submitting your equestrian first world problems. We'll do it again next week. Jennifer has a duck thing, too. And we have a huge painting of duck butts in our house. Uh, we have, you know those duck things, the little wooden things? What are they called? What they use, I don't know, for shooting or whatever they used to use? Um, they made wooden ducks out of them. Well, we have a collection mm-hmm. of those because they became a collector thing because they're painted so beautifully. So we have a collection of those. They're in a box someplace. Um, but yeah, she has a duck thing. She would yeah, have ducks I, if we could. The problem with Muscovy ducks, and I'll, let me tell you this right now, before they get older and you go to pick them up, is Muscovy ducks, because they eat bugs, they actually scratch a little bit, and so they have claws. So you can't snuggle a Muscovy duck because it's like a cat with back claws that like jumps out of your arms. Yeah. Yeah, I've I have <laughs> learned that the hard way. I did, I did. I was like, "Oh, what is that?" They're like, "Oh, they have giant claws." <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> but um, my other ducks are doing good. I have some mallards now, and I bought some Cayuga ducks. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little family. Yeah, I know. And now there's two uh, Canada geese that are nesting. By the way, um, I would like to mention real quick, we're going to talk more on Wednesday about the Clydesdale of April Quebec that I'm training. Oh, Have yeah, you seen yeah, this yeah. thing? Yes, I did. I, and oh I'm interested God. to hear about it because you know I love draft horses. So yes, we'll talk but, about that on Wednesday. Tomorrow well, we'll be talking about endurance. And then Mary Kitts Miller and Jennifer will be here talking training on Thursday. And Jamie and I the other days. So we have a full week of shows for you this week. But we got to go. Auditors, hang on. We'll chat for a little bit. Spay your gown, everybody. And don't hug your Muscovy. Just pat it on the head. Yeah, just rub it stick. So something that we did on this show, hi auditors, something that we did on the show, talked about a couple of weeks ago, has resonated to the point where I think we've gotten more posts after it than any other thing we've talked about in the post show. And that's what? the television show Ghosts. Oh, really? Everybody that started it, and it was one again this morning, everybody that started it has posted how much they love Ghosts. I, can't, I So didn't you tell me you didn't like shows with backstories? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm suffering through those. Um, there, there, but they didn't do that in the beginning. They're doing that in these later episodes. In the first, if you think about it, in the first several episodes, they didn't. Now we watched one episode. Problem is, I'm not getting. I'm getting. Oh, who posted this morning? Mary Calkins posted this morning. Uh, Glenn was right. Ghosts is hilarious. Um, so we're getting it on Hulu. So I'm getting it a couple episodes behind. They post them. You know, they have that delay. So I haven't seen the most recent episodes, but we saw one recently, okay. and I can't remember why, but I said, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't watch that with uh, her son. 
Um, and I forget. Wait, which wait, wait you got to tell me which one that is because we're on episode 10 or 11. Oh, right you're now, past man. us then. You're past us. So you've already watched it with him. <laughs> but, oh, there was. Yeah, there's some stuff that I have to. Ex- OK, thanks, buddy. He said we're on 11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so what we have is I have YouTube TV. And as yeah. I don't have cable, I have YouTube TV and you can just search for whatever you want. And it comes up. There are commercials. So now I've started recording future ones so I can stop watching commercials. But yeah, it's such a cute show. And I mean, it's it's. I don't think I would watch it if my son wasn't with me. So oh, I, I like it just because it's, there's so few comedies anymore. Everything's dramas. And there's no laugh track. No laugh track. Oh, and, and makes me so happy. There's just so many dramas now. It's like I'm trying to find something funny to watch. And it doesn't seem like they're coming out with a whole lot of new sitcoms anymore. So it's like, CSI, Idaho Falls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How Idaho many Falls. cities can we do it in? <laughs> exactly. How <laughs> many CSI? Or FBI. How many FBIs can we have? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. So yeah, it's really yeah. cute. I'm excited to watch the British version. We tried, but again, I'd have to pay for another service. I think I'm going to have 45 services. It's going to cost me more than having cable in the beginning by the time we're done. I told you. you have. What's the show I told you you have to watch on, on uh, Paramount? We one? don't have Paramount. Um, yeah, eighteen eighty four or whatever. Yes, uh, you have to watch that, and I'll just give you my Paramount password. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, they can't possibly they know? figure that out. Yeah. I have my brother's HBO password, so I'm just <laughs> passing it on. Pay it forward, they say. <laughs> you know, we we uh is one of those I had years ago, but I stopped because they weren't. It really wasn't very good for a while, and then they started coming out with all the good shows. You know, uh, I I don't really ever want. I wouldn't pay for HBO. You know, I have I, I pay, do the Paramount because I got they have like a three month deal for like two dollars a month. So I'm being and then I'll probably cancel because that we've finished watching the see, show. And that's the problem. I get all these deals and then I forget to cancel. Oh, see, I'm good at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, not good at that. Chad's like, don't subscribe to things on Amazon. We'll never forget. I remember. And I was like, no, no, no. I get a notification. I go through my Amazon subscriptions every month. Like it's one, <laughs> one really of the things I that. like to I do. I always forget. And then I end up paying for $45, $10 things. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and they always get you at the, you know, it's $3 for the first six months. Yeah. Okay. And it's yeah. 15. Well, uh, there's certain like, like Lucas is, has an iPad and it's like, subscribe to this. It's, it's a, the first months are free you know i'm like okay and then i'm gonna be like oh by the way buddy we're gonna delete all your games now because the subscription's over like no (laughs) so i was like we're just not even gonna go there i read an article over the weekend there are now get this 461 shows being produced for all the various networks it's a record there's never been this many if you're an actor you should be able to get a job right now because yeah (laughs) there's so many shows being produced now And, and you can't keep up with them all you just can't it's just too hard but but yeah um so yeah that was just one i saw posted this morning again about how people like like that show it is good it's refreshing because it's not a remake i think that's the other thing there's so many shows that are remakes that this is just different and unique you know that's technically it is a remake of the british version but nobody's seen that (laughs) everybody says the british version's good but again i can't get it on the networks we have so yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's at uh, you and sitcoms and me do not ever agree. We, so we kind of agree um, on this one. So that's good. 
We kind of agree. It's really yeah. cute. It is cute. Um, we've given they should sponsor this damn show. We've given them so much press. So much press. That is true. I'd so, never even heard of it. So was there any? Uh, that's because there's 461 shows out there right now. <laughs> so was there anything uh, on vacation you couldn't talk about on the regular show? Um. No, I no. mean, I mean, aside from the fact that like it's such a long ass flight there, and then we're only there three days, and then it's was a it red crowded? eye. Was there a lot home. of tourists? Man, you know what? It was so exciting. There was one one restaurant that we walked in, that, like the sign out front, because we've tried to go to Hawaii a couple times, but the COVID protocols have been ridiculous. One time we booked everything, and you had to get a COVID test, you know, seventy two hours out. And you had to get a certain COVID test and it had to get sent to a certain lab. And so we did all that, got everything done. And they sent us back. I'm sorry. You got, you got the correct COVID test and went to the correct COVID lab. However, the person that administered the test was not approved. <laughs> so we didn't go. I was like, I'm done. Uh, so, so with all of that, well, I actually went to a restaurant and on the, there was a sign uh, on front said masks are not required. I think Hawaii is so over the COVID thing. And it's like a freedom for the, like everybody's so happy to be like back to normal, uh, you know, at the play. I mean, I didn't, aside from the flight in the, the airport, but even on the flight, like half of the people had their mask under their nose. And there was like w- one flight attendant on one flight that was like, you have to blow your mask up. Nobody else cared. Like, it's just over. So mm-hmm. things are Jen Chad is on a trip right now and he said the flights are so full that the pilots that usually would get a seat in the back have to sit in the cockpit on the jump seat because there's no seats available anywhere. Like how busy oh, everything going is. Places. Yeah. Cool. I have to get my flights for California yet. I haven't done that yet. I gotta Oh yeah. Crap. With. I need to do that too. Yeah. Logging on to orbits right now. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you use? I use Orbits because what I like about Orbits is it goes, it syncs directly to my phone. I've I don't never know used how. Orbits, I'll have to try it. Uh, Orbits, but I also use American because sometimes I get a discount. But I, I, did, I, I did check flights, and actually, uh, the, the American was cheaper than I think I used Travelocity or somebody. It was actually ended up being I could figure out the flights better directly on American than I could the other one, and that's not always the case. But yeah, yeah. So I'll try orbits. I never used orbits, but I gotta okay, go now. Just... I got another oh. show to do. Oh, fine. Somebody go. was late this morning, so I gotta go. So blame <laughs> Jamie. Blame Jamie. You got for... a daily Winnie to keep your mouth shut. Okay, it's hush money. What's <laughs> hush money? Thank you for the daily Winnie, by the way. I appreciate it. <laughs> All, All right. right, no problem. All right, th- everybody. We'll see you later. Bye bye.